0: We hope you're encouraged by today's message. But when the Word becomes flesh, when this truth of compassion and empathy and love and grace and mercy and everything that Jesus shows us and is, when it when it comes and sits inside our soul, how can we not give it to others? See, this is the problem with the church. The church sits up, I'm generalizing, and I, when I get on these rolls, my wife always gets mad, but she's not here, so I'm gonna keep rolling. Um, she had to go take my daughter to soccer, but I get on these rolls, she's like, you gotta balance this thing out, because I go, the church, like everybody in the church is like this, this is not true, I just I just throw big generalizations out, and hyperboles, but but the church, if she would just embody who Christ is, we would meet the needs of those who are dying, those who are hurting, those who are who are struggling in life, Physically, monetarily, emotionally. And what the church does, my favorite line, we come twice a month, we tip God, we check it off our list and say, I feel pretty good about myself." And, and, and I, can't, I can't do it. I can't do it because Jesus entered the story. Jesus entered this story. In John 1 it says, That you and I could enter the story, so that you and I could have hope, so that you and I can take the hope of this word and Jesus that lives in us and deliver it to others who don't have that hope. Sandy, I don't want to, but we're praying. Sandy lost her sister, sister this week. And I was praying for you, I promise. I didn't pray for the other guy, but I prayed for you, I promise you that. But this church is about standing with sin and, and encouraging and loving you well and showing you the hands and feet of Jesus. I'm so sorry. That That's the church. That's who God's called us to be. And, and I don't want to sit up here and preach this thing if we're not doing it. I don't want to sit up here and... and and let me stop for a moment because yeah, let me encourage you. I know so many of you do. Thank you. Whether it be Trish walking her dogs, she preaches the gospel. She preaches the gospel. She, whether it be Hawken with his friend, group he preaches the gospel. Whether it be Mikey back there making pizzas, he preaches the gospel. So I know many of us are, but I just want to nudge you today. And said be the church. How do we enter this story? I'm gonna give you six practical ways. Um, Eddie, can can you help me, Sebastian? Can you grab those packets? We already passed them out. Oh god, you guys already passed them out. So I look, if if I sit up here and just just Preached and it, it becomes words there's there needs to be tangible things that that i believe god gives us that's why jesus would feed the five thousand because when he preached the gospel i don't want to i i want you to have these things we're going to walk through but there's there's six practical ways in this season that i'm asking you to enter in that i'm asking you to enter if you don't know jesus today you're going well, enter into what what are you talking about well let me tell you this today is the day of salvation amen but god wants to know you personally let's go through these these six, the first thing that I want a way that I want us to enter in is this, and you'll see in there that you have um, these thank you cards. And there's envelopes. The Bible says this in First Thessalonians, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Some of you go, I don't know what God's will in my life. Here's what his will is. Let's start right here. Give thanks. Give thanks to God for others. Give thanks to God. You want to know his will? Give thanks, says real clearly here in Thessalonians. Paul is incredibly thankful. When we look at all of the different uh, epistles here, what we see is this. There are 13 letters from Paul in the New Testament. Nine of them, he starts off explicitly saying, I thank God for you. One of the things that we pray on Wednesday mornings when we come together is that prayer. God, we thank God, and we pray for many of you individually. Specifically when Christmas, I thank God for you and who you are. Paul's heart of thankfulness changes people's lives. Gosh, see, sorry, we're gonna fix this little hitch. No, what was Paul thankful for? It says that he was thankful for their faith in Lord Jesus. He was thankful for their love of all the saints. When I look at this and I think about when we pray for you guys, These are things that we are thankful for too. He was thankful for their steadfastness. He was thankful for their spiritual gifts. He was thankful for their partnership in the gospel. He was thankful for the history and the the mutual affection that they had. He he says, enter this story being thankful in a practical way that I'm asking you to do this is over the next several weeks to write a a note to someone, write a note to a, a family member, to a loved one, to somebody and thank them. That God placed you or placed them in your life. I have terrible handwriting. I can't spell. I I can't, you know, conjugate a verb or, or put together a sentence very well. But there's something about just writing a thank you and just handing it to someone. There's something personal because what happens is you wrote it down and you had to think about what you were writing down when you handed it to them. So that person that receives it goes, they actually thought about it. They didn't just say, I'm praying for you, I never prayed for you, but they actually wrote down and said, I'm thankful. Take these. I'm also kind of pumping the church. I got a little church sign down there. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it does sha <laughs> plug if. The heart of it is thank you. It may be a mother, maybe a father, maybe a sister brother, a friend, a, a doctor. A, 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 I don't know. Take some moments and say thank you to someone. It's the heart of the gospel. Thankfulness that God sent his son Jesus that I can have everlasting life. How do I not then give it out to others and thank God for them? Number two. So message you can pray for others. Pray for others. I, I, I put this this terrible thing in there when I was doing it this morning at five and it was a great idea, but I didn't do it right. You got these things in there. But in there, it has a line and if you're, you know, I don't know how you're going to write names in there, but I'm asking you to pray. <laughs> pray for three people. Thanks, Haley. I'm trying. <laughs> I need help. You know. I'm asking you to pray for others. I'm asking you to write a thank you. I'm asking you to pray for others. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, was the right hand of God, interceding for you and I. If God the Father sent his son who died for us and the son went back to be with the Father, and there's something about the comfort of knowing that Jesus is praying for us, There are prayers going forth from Christ Jesus. It is your job and my job to pray for others, to pray for those that that God puts on our hearts, to be men and women who pray. Because the Bible says this in the Galatians, it says, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. When you carry the burden through prayer, you fulfill the law of Christ. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. He puts those two together, prayer and thankfulness. When we pray for others, what we're doing, we're praying for comfort, for salvation, for healing, for safety. And God uses our prayers to align us with him and his will. And as I was praying this morning, uh, for those that I mentioned this morning, it is this, God, comfort their families. Oh, God, give them the comfort in the midst of this darkness. Lord, walk with them, Psalm 23. God, bring salvation to those who don't know you. Oh, Father, bring healing to those who need healing. And keep them safe. It's this brokenness that we have for others. That's the gospel. And we'll read those verses and go, that's a nice verse. Go on with our lives. And what I'm asking you to do is just time out for a second. And in time out, write down three people that you're going to commit to pray for in this next season and then actually pray for them. Actually think about them. What's the heart of God? The heart of God is this: that none should perish. That not a single person should perish. Our heart that we that we hold on to that God is has and given us is should be this that our hearts should break for those who don't know him not just oh that's what they deserve and and i get that because I, there's a couple of guys that i know that mock god that i, I play hockey with that 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 laugh and, and make jokes about me being a pastor which i don't care about that but but it's just this hardness of heart and i found myself at one point going you know what? forget them i was going to say that word forget <laughs> them forget them go to hell all of a sudden the fear of god just goes hits me oh my god what am i saying this man apart from a relationship with jesus is going to spend eternity in hell I, i don't wish that i'm the worst of enemy the heart of god is that none should perish that none should perish, that the gospel shall go forth, and everybody hears the good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, that the the people will grab a hold of the hopelessness and the hope that is in Christ Jesus. He uses you and me. That's what blows my mind. Then he said, I'm gonna use this idiot. I'm gonna let him actually have a church. I don't know that that makes you guys if I'm an idiot, and you're coming. I don't know what that makes you, but I love you guys. We love I you. I thank guys. God for you. My point is this if He can use anyone. Not only can He use anyone, He calls everyone he to the hands and feet, to love others well. The heart of God is that none should perish. A grandmother's heart. What does that mean? For? We are in our group this, this week, and, and surely my mom came and, and spoke to all the, the young adults, the, or the young couples that are in our group and, and others that are in there. And uh, it was unbelievable. You know, two people in that group, uh, Max isn't here this morning, he's actually quite hockey. But Max, and Juliana's new son-in-law, and my mom, both talked about this, a grandmother who prayed for years, 10, 20 years or more and prayed for them individually, and I'm sure many, many more. And and because of the grandmother's heart to pray for her grandchildren, because of Max's grandmother's heart to pray for, uh, for her grandson, Max gets radically saved in college. Shirley gets saved. I'm here today because of my great-grandmother's prayers for my mother. I'm standing here because if she doesn't come, I, I don't know what happens. And God's sovereign and can make all things happen, but it's because of his faithfulness, of her prayers, and he's calling you and I to do the same for our children, to do the same for our grandchildren, to do the same for our friends, to do the same for our, but to pray and ask God that you might have the opportunity, that someone would have the opportunity to preach the hope of the gospel. Christ Jesus, it's a grandmother's heart. Praise for her grandchildren. Enter into the story through prayer. Enter into the story through prayer. And the three, I'm asking you to write your story. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible. There's a sheet right here. And in that sheet, it it, it talks about this. I want you guys to take some time this week. Why? Uh, I was talking to Joey this morning, and we were talking about being able to be ready in the season when someone asks you to be able to say, this is what God did in, in, in our life. Uh, we were again in our group this weekend and talking, and, and I asked Phil, I said, you know, what, what? Um, how did you get saved? And uh, later was talk, we were talking, or, or I think you were talking to Chris or something, but it's, nobody's ever asked him that, how did you get saved? And I'm thinking, why are we not asking each other how did you get saved? And allowing God to use our stories and, and Dylan's stories like mine. It's like we're like, eh, hey, we've been saved when we were born, you know. But that, that's not true. I don't remember the date I got saved. I honestly don't. I was a little kid and I went a little 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 wayward and kinda I remember when I was 25 and God grabbed a hold of me through another pastor, I don't have the exact, but the story of what Jesus did in my life is what I'm talking about, and what you and I need to write down and have. Why? So we can share it. Write in your story down. The Bible says this, And the Lord answered me, write the vision of Habakkuk. Make it plain on tablets so that you may run with it. Write your story down. Make it plain on paper that you might run with it. 2 Corinthians 3, 2. You yourselves have the letter of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all. To be known and read by Your life is being known and read by others. Like it or not, they're reading it. Like it or not, they're reading your story. And the story looks like this. What was my life prior to Jesus? What did Jesus did? And who am I? What my life was. Romans 3 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. Before knowing Christ, there was no righteousness in my life. It said this in, in Romans 3 23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Before I knew Jesus, I was a sinner. And then what happened? My clicker broke. That's what happened. Jesus did a miracle. First Peter three, Christ also suffered once for sins, my sins, and righteousness and unrighteousness, that he might bring us to God, being put to, put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Christ died on the cross for me. I was a sinner apart from God. I deserved hell. Jesus steps in and gives me life. He gives me life and goes to the cross and dies for my sins that's what I was what Jesus did and now Christ saves us and transforms us and redeems us and justifies us and gives us grace and who am I now 2 Corinthians five seventeen says this and you need to hold on to the scripture it needs to be a scripture that grabs your heart because the enemy comes to lie the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy we know this we talked about that through romans 8 but this is the hope this is what god says and this is what jesus says therefore if anyone is in christ he's a new creation the old has passed away beyond the new behold the new has come i'm a new person who am i Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. He's saying this I escaped hell. Through the blood of Jesus. And now I have life. And I'm a new creation. I'm not a slave to my old sin. I'm free in Christ Jesus. Romans uh, 8.1 we said. There's no condemnation for what I did. There's no condemnation for who I was. I'm a new creation in Christ. And I walk in freedom. We're in Christ and he is in us. Christ were regenerated, renewed, and born again. Romans 8 says, when we were buried therefore with him. It signifies, when we go in that back, buried with Christ into death, in order that Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. That we might walk, and that that's who I am. That's who you are. If you've had an encounter with Christ Jesus, you're a new creation, you don't live in that anymore. You're born again in Christ Jesus. Enter the story by writing your story. Enter the story by writing your story down. Why? Because God's gonna give you the opportunity. And you're gonna know when it's time. And you may only have two minutes, and you've got to be able to preach and tell of God's hope and what he did in your life. I want you to understand what you were, who you are, and what Christ did. Enter his story by writing your story. Number four share your story. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. revoking, rebuking, exhorting with complete patience and teaching. Share, preach the word. For many of us, you're not gonna stand up here like this. I love for you to. But for many of you, you're preaching the word. It's your story. You're preaching of the word. It's you telling them Jesus. Revelation 12, we talked about the scripture last week. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They conquered the enemy by the word of their testimony. And when I speak the words of my testimony, the enemy knows that he's done. When I speak the life that Jesus gave me through the blood of Jesus, the enemy knows that he has no power. When I speak that testimony, the game's over do we speak One of the things that we worry about, Mark 5, and don't worry about Mark 5, it says this, and he did not permit him, but he said to him, go to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has mercy on you. Go and tell what the Lord has done for you. One of the issues with us preaching the word is we just go, I got a bad rap. Well, maybe you guys don't. I didn't. And for, for many of us, I just go, let me get specific, okay? There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, and don't judge me, because I judge your back. Um, so I, I play hockey every week. And, and sometimes I'm less than gracious. Sometimes my words are less than what my mom would think is appropriate. Sometimes my stick wanders into people. <laughs> Every once in a while, my hands wander into someone's face. I'm, I'm sitting in the locker room this week. One of the recipients of one of those things. Is asking me about Jesus. It's How can you be a pastor? Let me tell you. Being clear. I, I don't want to justify some of my sin. Why, why are you laughing? Because it sounds like I am. Uh, it's but, uh, just uh, a little. It, 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 and, and we have this conversation that happens regularly. Eddie runs into a guy that I play hockey with and his nose is all cut up and he goes, hey, you play hockey, did John i do that to you, which I did thank God, but it, it, it's baffled he was there the next day, Andy. I was talking about <laughs> it he said, I need to come to this church and, 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 and it, there there's these encounters that, that I have but I'm telling you, it, it is amazing the conversations that are also had and, and, and it's like in many ways, that with many of these men that I play with, it's like Nicodemus and they'll call me on the side and go can you break me? what, how, what is this thing that God has done your story matters mm-hmm. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what sin you've been in, what sin you're dealing with, what sin you're going to commit. Come before God and and, and be a vessel and, and, and allow Him to use your story because your story matters. Mm-hmm. Romans 10, 14, I, I quote this verse all the time. How would they, will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? In other words, if you keep your mouth shut, how do they know? And how do they believe in him of whom they have never heard? If you keep your mouth shut, how do they hear of Jesus? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Mm-hmm. Look at the context that it is not this what I'm doing today. That's not what he's talking about. That is not what Paul's talking about. He's talking about when you're at work. He's talking about when you feed the homeless. He's talking about when you're kind to someone. He's talking about when you're gracious to someone. He's talking about the moment that you're actually able to articulate what Jesus did in your life and everything in between. You're preaching to someone. But he says there's this posture, this place of, okay, God, use me. I don't want to go through Matthew. and I don't want to go through Romans and, and come out of the other side and go, okay, what's next? Because that's just dead works. I want to take what Paul said. And I want to take his words and I want to digest them and eat them and, and allow it to go out from me. That people might touch me and see me. That I might change some of those habits that I need to get out of. That God might redeem me. That God might do a work in me so that hope goes forth. That's so why I'm here. That's why I'm here. I'm here because God's called me to preach the gospel. He's calling you to enter the story by sharing your story. Okay, so I, most of you know I'm working at a job. I work at a, uh, uh, we do legal services. And uh, at first I was ticked off. That's it. That would be true. At first, I'm like, well, I had to work another job. You know, at that time, I had there 12 people in a church, so you can figure <laughs> it out. <laughs> I love the church. If it was still 12 people, I'd still be here doing what I'm doing. I'd still be working a job because I love the church. But God gave me this opportunity, so I go in there, and, and I had this small, small, people, not a very small uh, consulting company that did some small consulting, this this guy had said, I want you to come in and help build something. I thought, okay, I can do this. It's great. I I love doing it, but I mean, uh, it's a lot of time, and and I I was less than happy, and I could stress a little bit tired, but but I, I am blown away by this. He didn't call me in there to help straighten out the division of the company, although I've done a hell of a job. <laughs> um, he didn't call me. He called me to enter in and tell my story. And, and and this weekend when we had 30 some some sales or, or, or people that work in our division there doing a weekend, you know, training. Um, there's all these little sidebars of, of preaching of who Jesus is. And 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 my my one of my key guys, that's one of my managers. Um, we were supposed to interview someone last week and they didn't show up or they had to change it. And we sat in a room in the office and I preached the gospel to him for an hour straight. And he said, hey, I watched your message last week. I'm not there to straighten those things out, although I want to straighten them out. I feel good when I straighten things out and I'm a part of, of what God's doing and I'm and, 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 and on that side of things. But, but I'm there to bring hope to the hopeless. That's what Jesus called me to I touched I feel like at times I touch more people being in that office than I do you know, as a pastor. I know that's not true, but in some ways, these opportunities just keep coming. I'm asking you to enter into the story with your story, sharing your story, because your story matters. Don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you your story doesn't matter. He's built the story. He's toured the story. He's walked with you in the story, even though maybe times does not be like it, but he wants to redeem the story. He wants to use the story to bring hope to the Holy Spirit. Right? In this next season, invite someone in to have a meal with you. I think these days, one of the most powerful times for, for our family is is this time that we get with our kids at the dinner table. It's hard to do. We try to make it happen three or four nights a week and we try to get everybody away. But here's what I know. My kids are constantly, are we having dinner tonight? Are we having dinner tonight? Because something happens when you eat a meal together, you let your defenses down and you start talking and then, uh, you know, my, my daughter, McKenna, they, we invite people in, and I, I do, you know, things, she never does that when, when people aren't here who you're trying to impress. So I do things when other people come in and try to impress them. But no, there's just this time that we spend together that when we eat that is so good. It says in Luke 14, one Sabbath day, Jesus went to eat in the house of a well-known Pharisee. While he was there, he was carefully watched. Jesus, I'm telling you, he knew, and he's having dinner with these Pharisees. You know the story of Pharisees. He also called them whitewashed tombs. He called them a lot of names. I thought he, yeah, I'm not going there. He said said a lot of things to them. Now he's dining with them, and he knows that he knows that they're watching. He's having this meal with them. There's something that, that happens when you have a meal together. Why a meal? Meal times a big deal to Jesus because it was a chance to deepen friendships, to welcome strangers, and serve the poor. I, I look at Holly and, and Shirley and, and others of you that are—they're are feeding the poor on a regular basis. They're bringing meals and other things. Why? Because of the hands and feet of Jesus. They're bringing the hope. I'm asking you to deepen some friendships and ask someone into your home for dinner or ask them out to dinner. I think it's more intimate in your home. I think it's it, there's, there's this, a safe place where you can talk when they bring them into your home and people open up. But I'm saying you have the hope of Jesus. And an easy way to enter into the story is to bring people into your home to eat dinner with you, to break bread. Something happens when you do that. While he was there, he carefully watched. It's how we love and appreciate others. It's how we preach the gospel through these meals, through these times, through eating. We see that with Jesus and his ministry and what he was doing. Enter the story, bring someone into your meal. For some of you, that's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. That may be even more difficult than sharing your story outside of your home. There's an intimacy to bring them into your home. Uh, There's an intimacy cooking for someone and they might think your cooking sucks. There's an intimacy, there's some, you know. uh, there's, there's There's intimacy that takes place. Enter into the story and feed them a meal. Watch what God might do. Number six is forgive. We have to forgive. We're, we're in a world right now where that's not easy. It's a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. What Matthew says is, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. In the Lord's prayer, forgiving others is critical. It's critical in our life to forgive. Nothing promotes reconciliation more than forgiveness. Nothing. Forgiving someone means that you let him or her go off the hook or you cancel the debt that is owed. When we refuse to forgive someone, we still want something from that person. What we're saying is, I want that pound of flesh. I want you to hurt. I want you to feel, I want you to whatever it might be. And if if, if, if it becomes revenge, or even if it is revenge that we want, it keeps us tied to that person forever. And we know this to be true because we know family members, we know young men and women, we know older men and women who have held on to bitterness and unforgiveness since they were children and it has marked their lives. God's asking us to forgive. See, Proverbs says, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Mm -hmm. There's something that happened. Matthew 18, and Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? How many times shall I put up? I I, I, I was doing this one thinking, my my wife and children, the prophet how many times do I have to, you know, you have to forgive dad for being an idiot. You know, it's just that repetitive. How many times a sister sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven. Continual forgiveness. So watch yourself. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back and say, I repent, you must forgive them. That's not easy. And for some of you, that seven is seven times seven. For some of you, that seven is hundreds. God is good and gracious. Here's the key though. You can't do one through five unless you've done six. Let me qualify. You don't you can't do one through five very well unless you've done six. And for some of us, the issue with entering in is because we haven't dealt with number six in forgiveness. For some of us, we haven't jumped right in the middle and been the hands and feet of Jesus because we're still ticked off and not forgiving someone that hurt us. For many of us, we're not entering into the story because of all the pain and hurt that sits in here. I'm asking that, that we forgive others, that we might enter in. That you might write thank you. That you might write your story down. That you might share your story. And you might invite others in to have a meal with you. And that you would pray for others. God might meet them right where they are. Ask me to answer the story by forgiving. Enter in the day by forgiving. Why? Because Jesus forgave me. Jesus forgave me. It's time to forgive someone so that you might enter in what God has. Now what? Now what? First things first, repentance. Grace, and I'm gonna have you come up to get ready to do communion. Every everything, everything starts with this this posture of repentance. Oh God forgive me. I look in the mirror and I start with me and my heart. I start with my foolishness. And I start with my lust and my selfishness and my anger. I start here and oh God, forgive me. When I go to that place of God, I forgive them. And then it allows me to be the church. It allows you to be the church. Go be the church. Write a thank you to someone. Go be the church. Write your story down. Go be the church and share your story. Go be the church and have a meal with someone. Go be the church and pray for people. Go be the church and forgive. Watch what God might do. Watch what God might do. Watch the miracles that are going to come forth. Watch the lives that will get changed. Why? Because you're being the church. Because you're being the church. The word became flesh and it hung on Jesus. This, this word was embodied with this, this man, Jesus, fully God, fully man. I don't get it all, but fully God, fully man. The flesh came to this earth and gave me an example and did all these things. And now he's calling me to do the same. To love others well. To be in the church. So when you leave today, first of all, I want to say thank you. Thank you for taking the time this morning. I mean, it's, it's beautiful I out. I'm probably to be service. Thank you for being a part of this service Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for loving others. Sending you to continue it. And if you're struggling to do those things today, this is the beauty of communion. Grab your communion cups. This is uh, this is why we have communion every single week. is only one of those two. This this is why we do this every week because it's a time to reset. It's a time to go. Okay, the Word of God says this. Now I'm going to reset who I am. And I'm going to receive the elements and I'm going to go to the cross and go, Oh God, I'm a sinner. But thank you that I don't have to live in condemnation. Thank you. that I don't have to live in guilt. Thank you that I can be the church and I can bring hope in the midst of hopelessness. Thank you, Jesus. That's what the name is about. It's what we are talking Ask me to be the church. Hey, it's not just another message when I see you I may ask you are you be in the church you anyway, I have to definitely ask if you're in the church I'm asking you to go and be in the church you're going ah, to be in the church guy. I'm asking you to find another church I can't sit up here and preach the gospel and not ask you to be in the church. It ain't about the pastor. You know. You're the handsome feet of Jesus along with me. You guys are touch people that I'll never touch. I love that. As we get ready to receive this, set your hearts in mind. Repent whatever God reads you about that you need to repent. Set your heart at the cross.